hello, welcome back to another episode of No Funky Strictly Monkin', the only podcast that would do anything for Monk, but it won't do that. If that is Funkin', I'm your co-host, Jay Christie, joined as always by Andre Barrera. Andre, how are you? Season six, we did it, we're here. We the best! That isn't what we did. We the best! Yeah. But it's exciting. We are, you know, the production quality up a little bit more every mm-hmm. year. Every season, nice. baby. It's you beautiful. Know? I can't wait till season eight. Season eight's going to be freaking 3D, baby. No, thank God it isn't. Um, but it's season six. Uh, shouts to, uh, you know, everyone who's been with us, new people. Um, you know, shouts just to me- all the haters that we weren't going to make, that thought we weren't going to make it. Uh huh. Exactly. All the haters. All to all the non believers. Um, yep. no, uh, man, it's really unfortunate. I don't think I've ever, I mean, obviously I've had haters in that I've had people who have, not even, that's not even true. I've had people like left negative reviews on stuff I made, but a hater is someone who's like actively, you know, I guess the person who got mad at me when I was doing Sorted History because I called Mel Gibson a Holocaust denier, they probably were a hater. They're probably rooting against me. But other than them, um, anyway. Uh, hope that person's doing well. Hope they're living. Hope that hope that they uh, ha- the FBI hasn't caught them from January sixth. But anyway, um, <laughs> so we're here to talk about Mr. Monk and his biggest fan. Um, and you know and that's it's not a- either one, and it's not either one of us either. I know. Uh, it's now I didn't mention it up top. I think, but I was gonna say before we get to the episode, were you excited to see Marcy Maven again? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I guess I kind of do. Like, I like recurring characters at this point. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I haven't seen the show before, so I was jonesing for someone to come back. I think that that's something that Monk is missing, and a lot of it is just that, like, I, I like recurring characters. I like when there's the world built up, where there's, like, yeah. you know, people can come back in and out. Um, I think that that's something that TV shows now do really, really well. Um, mm-hmm. I think, they, also, I think just because more people do, more actors do TV, and I think it's just probably easier contractually to do it. But anyway... Um, we start off with important, an important graphic. You have three choices: flies, milk, or spiders. What are, what do those choices mean? Uh, they're all things that uh, our good friend Adrian Monk is deathly afraid of. Mm-hmm. And if you click one of them, what happens? Uh, they like just populate over him, and he freaks. Well, out? yeah, because well, we, I didn't mention that it's a, you see an animation of Monk getting freaked out by whatever you click on, which uh, is wonderful. Right, yeah, she's uh, you know, she's she's updated her website. Apparently, this is some sort of uh, second or third, who knows how many incarnation of it. Yeah, and, I think uh, you're being a little. I think you're being a little conservative, saying second or third. I think it's probably like eighth or ninth. Um, yeah, yeah, but it looks good. I mean, it's not bad. Um, it's definitely uh, actually, it's, it's. I mean, it's better than anything I can do without like a website builder. I've built a website without like uh, templates and stuff, and boy, is it hard. Um, yeah, I tried the same. I've given up. Many I mean, times. I and it was, you know when you like you aren't good at something and like it's something creative and you're like okay then I'm gonna lean into like not being good. So because when I was doing a, my radio show at NYU, we did a website for it and we decided that because the show was called American News Now, which we thought was like a very like '90s radio type sound thing, so we made it look like a '90s website because I couldn't make anything better than that. Um, so that's a little note. If lean into limitations. Um, Absolutely. Like, and I lean into podcasting. Exactly. Exactly. You know, um, I don't know. I was going to try to yes and, but it's like, I can't yes and without insulting you in ways I don't mean. Um, <laughs> uh, speaking of insults, uh, she then pulls up a photo, Marcy pulls up a photo of Natalie Monk, 
and she grabs the rope tool, and it's like, for a second, I'm like, is she going to hang Natalie? Yeah, I, I'm not familiar with this kind of stuff, but we do see that she, you know, crops out Natalie's face yes. and adds her own. Uh, that is what the actual one. tool looks like, by the way. I just was joking. Okay, but it's called a rope tool? Is no, it's called the lasso tool, them? actually. It's because oh, okay. it, it basically what it does is it because you obviously can just draw with like your cursor a circle, but that's not like going to be good. It's going to be messy. So what the rope tool mm-hmm. does basically is it can tell like where colors change drastically. So it doesn't always work perfectly, but what it's supposed to do is it will like see where the face ends and like drag around that. It'll be like you know more accurate. Um, I don't know if Photoshop existed back then that was as quick as what Marcy used, but it's fine. Um, so yeah. And then we see, uh, honestly, some just guys being dudes. I think that that's what we cut to. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. You know, they're just racing, racing down the street. You know. And what's uh, better than that, guys? Forty-year-old men do. Yeah, no, for sure. Hold on, side. But note. are you? Are, uh, are, are, I'm just curious. Are you actually getting the reference I'm making, or are you just because I'm just curious? I, I just keep saying the phrase. No, guys no, no. Dudes. I have no idea what the fuck you're talking. Okay, about. there's a great vine of Steve Adazio, former coach of Boston College football, now Colorado State, I believe. Bald guy with a mustache in a polo standing in the stands above a spring football practice and it's a vine just going what's better than this guys being dudes what's better than this okay. guys being dudes anyway great. the football coach yes football coach and like such a football guy like just the look of him it is perfect um i recommend that a lot i don't recommend steve adazio i think he's like he there's a story about him covering up covid cases early this year so probably not a good guy anyway the runners they go inside uh, John and some other guy, because they're going to watch the Giants. You know, uh, your favorite baseball team. Right. I uh, for their hope for their sake. I hope it's an even year. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and they go look for Debbie. They look in the shed, and Debbie, she dead. Yeah, you've heard Debbie does Dallas. Well, Debbie Dunn died. I want to hear a real Debbie downer. Debbie's dead. Yeah. Uh, wait, I just thought about something. Um, what, do you happen to know what the 100th episode of this show is? Yes, it's called Mr. Monk's 100th Case. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. We had to do something for that. Okay, yeah, sure. 100 shots. 100 shots of beer. 100 shots of beer. Fine. I'm not, I don't drink beer, so I'll do 100 shots of, uh, seltzer. of seltzer. But also, like, we already did Mr. Monk Gets Drunk. I'm not against it, but I'm just saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, so the police show up at uh, Marcy's door. And um, they're looking for her dog, whose name is Otto, which is honestly a good dog name. I like I like that as a dog name. Yeah, it's a great dog name. But uh, they're there because, uh, you know, John Ringle is the name of the husband. He seems to have fingered Otto as being the culprit in this, mm-hmm. which, um, I mean, upon looking at her dead body, I wouldn't have assumed that she got mauled by a dog. They didn't do a really good job of making it seem like she got mauled. No. And also, it is kind of strange. She's in California. As far as I'm concerned, I think fingering a dog is actually still illegal. But um, oh, what honestly, you use that phrase. I thought you were gonna set up a joke. I'm like, why are you saying he fingered the dog? Like that's a weird thing to say. Uh, I'm not even joking. I'm like, why are you? I'm like, he's dead. There's definitely gonna be a gross punchline coming up here. But it's like, you no, know, you. But you've heard the expression, right? Of Where course I have, but okay, I never okay, use okay. it because of what it sounds like. Okay, fine. <laughs> you know. Um. Anyway. Uh, in so they're same, looking for Otto. It looks yeah, for Otto. For and Otto. Uh, Marcy takes her at them outside and shows where Otto is. And uh, is Otto, does Otto happen to be Peter Krause or um, Michael C. Hall? Because he's six feet under, baby. Yeah, you know, he's, uh, he took a page out of uh, the, the lady's, uh, you know, notebook, and she, he's dead, too. Exactly. We all dead. 
Yeah, exactly. Just two dead people. Uh, they got that in common. Um, and uh, just vibing out. They're just yeah, vibing out, vibing out in heaven. Obviously, all dogs go to heaven. Um, Daddy, I'm assuming she went to heaven because she had to deal with her a husband who would murder her. Um, Correct. Anyway, um, and she, you know, she didn't see great. She wasn't disturbed by the little Nas X video, so she made it to heaven. Mm. Um, okay. And then so we get to the theme song, and then there's a bachelor auction, baby. Now, what's your experience with bachelor auctions in your life? Zero. I've never seen it. Never. It's only ever been something uh, seen in media for me. The I have a I have heard a lot of stories about it because at in the uh, and this is the lamest shit in the world the the big sketch like an, an improv group thing that my brothers did in college, which is like it's not like a sketch group where it's like eight people, like it's like a school run one, so it's like hundreds of people are part of the club. They did mm-hmm. one every year, uh, and um, yeah, I've heard some stories about. Um, I definitely have heard a story, I won't name names, about a girl who they made they made sure they made an agreement to outbid a creepy guy who they knew would want to bid on her. So, like, they made an agreement where they pull money to make sure that they would outbid him. I have heard that before. <laughs> the, yeah, okay, that's crazy. But the only thing I want to know is what is the success rate for a long-term relationship with these auctions? Probably not Can't that high. it would be good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wonder, if you, if you or someone you know had a good long-term relationship because of a bachelor or bachelorette auction um please let us know that actually would be a great story honestly i don't know yeah why. it would be a great story we'll have you on the I'll, for I'll, guest I'll, spot. yeah and i'll buy the rights to do a screenplay about it um is this like a zola reference or something no i'm just i i'm someone who would like to write uh, tv and movies for a living and i want a good story it's gonna be called going once going twice married you know I got I got a good one for you. You can tell my story about getting every mosquito disease, and you can be call it once bitten, twice. I don't know something like that. Um, fool me once, shame on mosquitoes. Fool me twice. No, it doesn't actually work. Um, yeah, yeah. I also don't think that that'd be good. That good of a movie. You know, it's kind of just like the story's just like getting sicker and sicker, and then getting better. Um, yeah, it's actually a good story. I'll tell you about it one day. Ah, uh, yeah, you know, till when I'm one day when I'm older. Anyway, yeah. So apparently, this bachelor auction, Natalie wants Monk to do it. And apparently the money goes to the widows. And I love he says, it's always the widows. Why can't they just move on? <laughs> uh, yeah, f- funny he says that. Um, but, you know, Natalie tries to, you know, goad him into doing it. And just, you know, it's for a good cause. And she offers a little backup plan, you know. Uh, she asks him for, like, you know, 600 bucks in cash, which is mighty <laughs> ambitious. Like, I don't think Monk mm-hmm. would go for that much, but whatever. Mm-hmm. And she insists that she'll outbid anyone that bids for him. So he's mm-hmm. got nothing to worry about. Mm-hmm. Exactly, um, and uh, and I, I think that what Monk see Monk shouldn't be worried about who like uh, Marcy notwithstanding, most people would be, be he'd be fine. So I think you just try to think you you like the, you do the uncut gems thing where you try to raise the price up artificially, which I think is illegal. I don't think it's illegal in a bachelor auction, but I think it's illegal in real auctions. Um, I would imagine so. Yeah, um, but nothing that uh, Howard Radner was doing was particularly legal. Anyway, um, the doorbell rings, and uh, is it? Um, Martha May or Marlene? No, it's Marcy. Um, nice. Uh, and, and that's a movie I haven't seen, but I just know it's a movie. Uh, and uh, and they're, at, they're at Monk's house. They're not at yes. Marcy's playground. No, of course not. For instance. Oh yeah. I don't know no. why. I, I I know. I don't know why. Good, I good decided job. to do it. No, it's good. I mean, we, okay. I mean, this. What is this? But the shoehorn podcast. It's uh, yes. Just us Absolutely. recapping the plot of something, each trying to find ways to shoehorn other bits of pop culture into it, and I. If like I, I'll say this: it, we're not going to be as popular as other TV recap and review shows because we don't actually really talk that much about the show. 
But, uh, so Natalie answers the door, obviously. Um, and, uh, she says the monk's getting a haircut. Right, and, uh, Marcy already knows that this is bullshit because he only gets haircuts on the first and third Tuesday or Thursday mm-hmm. Tuesday. of the month? Tuesdays mm-hmm. of the month. And, uh, and she, she knows, she knows his routine, obviously. Mm-hmm. She's, uh, she's a stalker. And not. she smells his hair, his shampoo. He uses Pantene for dry hair. Um... Which I wouldn't figure him for being a dry hair guy. He always no. seems to have a lot of uh, moisture in his hair. I mean, obviously, you know, it should come as no surprise by everything about me that I have dry scalp. Um, you know, I don't know why, but I feel like that just makes sense. I don't know what the prior type of someone who has a dry scalp is. Um, thankfully, I never had dandruff. I always just kind of, I had an itchy head uh, a lot. I have dandruff. I have the weird thing where I have dandruff, but I also have extremely oily hair. Man, that's uh, the anti-Hannah Montana. The worst yeah. of both worlds. Um, Ooh. And um, Natalie's like, you know, you're not going to pull what you tried last year where you said that there was an emergency and you tried to take him to Corpus Christi. Yeah, uh, you know, it was Thanksgiving, so she needed to bring someone home to the folks. I don't, you know, I'm not going to... Honestly, lo- I, I think that there's a certain... I, I wish that there's a, like, this was a commonly accepted term, but a term that I like to use called comedy writer details. Where just the choice of Corpus Christi is such a comedy writer detail of like it's a perfect, like a mid sized random city. Like it's not like a small town, but it's not like Boston. It's you try to take him to Corpus Christi, just great stuff. Um, and she's like, no, but this time my neighbor got killed. Um, and uh, Natalie slams the door on her, which honestly, fair, because she's a crazy person. At this point, yeah, it is fair. Uh, Natalie does get a little... Um, she did, she's not the best person later on in the episode, but she definitely has grounds for her behavior at this yes. point. Yes. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I think that I'm questioning some of the stuff she does later on, but generally speaking, if I had to be on anyone's side in this episode, I'd be on hers. <laughs> um, th- uh, generally. Uh, and I'll tell you whose side I'm not on. Uh, mm-hmm. Stottlemyre's girlfriend. Woof. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She's a bad girlfriend. Um, and, um, they think that Marcy left. Sure enough, did she leave, though? Nope. Nah, she's stuck around. Um, I, don't, I didn't catch this, so you oh, have to watch. Oh, she's in the mail flap. Monk opens up the mail flap. He's like, Mr. Oh, Monk! yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah. Okay. And so we cut to the bachelor auction, and Leland Steiner is up there. You know, he's just, he's got his energy. People are betting, you know, uh, a good amount of money the- for him. Yeah, they're bidding, you know, um, it's, a, it's a bidding war. And, uh, you know, they mentioned that he's great with the guitar. And mm-hmm. uh, what's the second detail? He, he can help out around the house. Yeah, which, you know, honestly, uh, gets you, finds you a man like Leland Sotomayor. Get you a man who can do both, play guitar and then fix, you know, the plumbing. Yeah. Um, or you can get a man like uh, me, and I'm going to guess you, that could do neither. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's correct. And is that it is bad correct. that my thought was I was like, can Andre play guitar? I didn't have like I don't I know you can't fix the plumbing. Um, no, well, thank you. Um, but uh, and so he ends up getting bought for two thousand dollars by his girlfriend Linda Linda Fusco, um, and Monk gives Natalie the six hundred, and then Randall Disher comes up, and man, I want you to talk about this because I felt like I feel like you got some thoughts. Yeah, you know, he comes out, he brings his little boombox, does his little magic bike act, uh, so to speak. You know, drives the ladies pretty crazy, and, you know, he's got a pretty good body uh, yeah. for a cop, I'd have to say. So, you know, all the girls are going wild for him. Um, he gets a pretty good-looking uh, woman to finally bid, or to win the bid, yeah, for, for $850. Yeah, that's, not, that's no? just not a small chunk of change. 
No, not at all. Um, and you know, it's a woman named Cameron Meyer, and you know, Dish is kind of vamped. You know, he's like, hell yeah, I, this is best case scenario. She actually is like a mm-hmm. good-looking woman. Uh, turns out, it's not for her. It's for her son who wants to be a cop. Yeah, I'm ste- I'm stealing your intonation here. I honestly, I appreciate that. Um, I my podcast voice intonations are something that I've worked on very hard, uh, and they are. What's that thing that you? Uh, what's the thing that Monk got knocked out by what, by the doctor last episode? Oh yeah, a crutch. Um, and so mm. Monk, uh, Monk is up, and uh, it's quiet. And as you like to say, and I actually on the Marvel podcast uh, yesterday, I I forget exactly in what context, but I said as my other podcast co-host Andre likes to say, this guy is down bad. He's down real fucking bad. Yeah, no yeah, Monk's down on bad him. here though. No, I'm saying yeah. that I did. Guys, only you know I did give you a shout out. I said that I used your phrase. Thank you. And not only that, but he's down bid also because mm-hmm. no one's bidding on the guy. Yeah. Um. But luckily for him, his number one fan shows up just in time to start the mm-hmm. bidding war in 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 for real for real. Yes, Marcy Maven shows up and she's ready to bid, and then you know Natalie uh goes back and forth. Natalie bids the six hundred. Uh, she blows the budget. Sorry, no, sorry. Um, Marcy bids six hundred, and then Natalie bids six hundred, and then the stuff that she has in her wallet, and then yeah, six hundred thirty something. Marcy knows she's got her beat. She's like eight hundred. Sold. Well, actually, first, sorry, first, yeah. first, Monk tries to bid yes. on himself. <laughs> yeah, he tries to bid on himself for five k, and then tries to appeal to the masses by unbuttoning his top button and declaring himself a beefcake in the most sad, pathetic voice possible. I just, I love Monk calling himself a beefcake. He's just like beefcake, beefcake. Yeah, um, it's he's Monk. He's in that he's a lot like a kid that learns like a term that they don't know what they mean. Like he doesn't know what a beefcake is, but he knows that it would. Uh... And then he says like there was a restraining order, which everyone just like no one says anything to. And I feel like if you were at a bachelor auction and s- the person on stage was distressed for police widows, nonetheless, and said there was a restraining order, I feel like someone would be like, "Wait, was there actually a restraining order?" Like that feels like a thing that people would care about. I mean, you know. Yes, you would think. But yeah. Marcy wins, and, uh, you know, we cut right on over to her place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she uh, opens the door, Monk and Natalie arrive, and she says to Natalie, you can pick them up at six. Um, yeah, they don't need a chaperone where exactly. they're going. And Monk's like, she's with me. Um, which, like, I don't know what you'd expect. I mean, I know what she expected. She expected uh, to do a little funkin' with Monk, but, um, mm. you know... It, so um, we that we first see a painting that she painted of Monk, and um, I really hope she doesn't quit her day job, because uh, I mean it's not the most accurate depiction of him, but I think it's a nice painting on its own, like in its own. I guess so. I guess it's a nice painting to have. It just is not. Uh, I think I probably have a very high threshold for the art that would hang up in my house, um, but maybe I'm just a. Uh, I, I might actually be just be bad in this instance. Um, anyway. Yeah. Um, so she's like, I've been imagining this for so long. Um, and then they do a little switcheroo. I don't know if you caught it. Yeah, I well, did. I sure yes. did. So, yeah, because uh, we talked about this before. Yeah, so she brings over a bottle of his favorite, his new favorite water, let me say. It's Summit Creek water. And I was just like, at this point, I'm like, wait, 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 hold on a second. She fucked mm-hmm. it up. 
But sure enough, there is some Sierra Springs erasure. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's moved on from, I guess, from that time that he drank the Sierra Springs straight from the tap. Mm-hmm. The well, tap the being river. the ground. Yeah. 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 And I, it's obviously because they stopped sponsoring the show. Uh, and um, oh, I mean, I'm assuming. Okay. I'm actually just assuming. I don't know if that's true. I but forgot I can't that it was of, a real thing. I can't think of any other reason why they would change it. Um, and uh, so... She brings she, it out, and she brings uh, 10 ice cubes. You know, she knows him. She knows he doesn't want 12. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want any less than 10. And she baked perfectly square cookies for Monk. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she has got she knows what she's doing. Exactly. And now they – I just want to do a little just, – just a little tip for you guys. Squirk – this doesn't apply to cookies, but if you're making biscuits, square biscuits actually get puffier. Just FYI. Just letting everyone know. Just, Thank you. know, you. putting you on game. Um, and he's like – he looks at the glass. He's inspecting it. You think he's looking for a stain, but what does he realize? Uh, he realized that it's his own glass. Apparently, she's been, uh, I guess, taking all of his old shit. Yep. Maybe yep. she, she uh, took, uh, took his glass – and put it somewhere else. Uh, a little presumed innocent action for all y'all. That's just a dumb, deep cut reference of a movie I watched a few weeks ago. Um, anyway, <laughs> I mean, someone's gonna get it. Someone's gonna get it. It's just, what you movie? Know, presumed innocent. Good stuff. Good legal thriller. Um, Never heard of it. Harrison Ford. I mean, uh, it's in the '90s. Harrison Ford. Good stuff. But it's not just the glass that she took. Yeah, she also took uh, some of uh, his lamp. Um, I think a chair or something. His rug. His rug. Um, but more importantly than that, she took a pair of his pants. Uh-huh, and she's wearing them. Um, the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants rears its ugly head in San Francisco. Yes. Wow. <laughs> I'm trying to think of who the other two people in the Sisterhood of Adrian Monk, Marcy Maveman, and who else is in that Sisterhood. Um, Probably Dale the Whale. Dale the Whale is one of them. And then, strangely, still Alexis Bledel? Wow. Um <laughs> <laughs> Blake Lively, maybe? No, I, I, I really, I was the reason I paused is because I was like, what cast member will be funniest? And now that I'm thinking about it again, I feel like Amber Tamblyn actually is funnier. But um, I knew, uh, America Ferreira and Blake Lively are too famous now, but I feel like Lex Pizzell is a good level. Um, okay. Amber Tamblyn, too. I mean, you know Amber Tamblyn's married to David Cross? Crazy stuff. I did know that. It's kind of weird to me. It is a little weird. They seem to be happy, but it is like there's a 20-year age difference. That's always a little weird. Um, yeah. Anyway, she says she's not crazy. She's just a fan. Um and she says, and I think we all agree with this, I like how you move around, how you see things. Yeah, we love it so much that it's on the credits for the show every fucking day. Mm-hmm. He's, she says that he's a great artist. And Nally laughs at that, and I disagree with it. I think Monk is a great artist. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, you know, she's in her hater mode for the episode, mm-hmm. so, you know, no, no, no shocker there. But she gets up, you know. Whoa, 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 whoa. I was, trying, I was trying to set up a quote, which I think I probably quoted on this show before, the greatest quote in movie history uh, <laughs> about be how you can be an artist in anything, when in the film Man on Fire, Christopher Walken says, a man can be an artist in food, anything, whatever. It depends how good he is at it. Creasy's art is death, and he's about to paint his masterpiece. Anyway, whenever I think of someone being called an artist that doesn't do painting, that's what I think of, and I have to say it every time. Who wrote this movie? It, was it, it wasn't Tony Scott, was it? Tony Scott, no. Tony Scott hasn't written, well, Rest in peace. He didn't write a single goddamn thing in his life. Um, he it was written okay. by Brian Hengel, Helgeland, who is an Academy Award winner, I believe. He also wrote *L.A. Confidential*. Um, Sorry, uh, I'm, uh, you're you're probably gonna hear a lot of like male sounds right now. It's someone's dropping a ton of people in fantasy, so um, I apologize in uh, in advance. Someone's dropping people in fantasy. Yes, man. 
I fucking hate the person in the fantasy league that does the most transactions. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, same. But it just makes me feel it makes me feel bad about myself. It's like, am I not doing enough? Yo, same. I literally don't ever trade with people. I pick up very. I just only ever pick up like kickers and like defenses. And the reason like, that's is, about it. The reason is because my choice. Of, the reason I never have won in fantasy ever is because every choice I make in fantasy is not about winning. It's about lowering the amount I'll feel bad if I lose. So if I oh, pick God. up someone new and they don't do well, I'll feel worse than if I just stand bad. I mean, so this I, literally means that you're bad at fantasy. Oh, like, I'm terrible at fantasy. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I'm awful. Okay. I've made the I, I'm in a yeah I, I'm the I've only made it to the semifinals once and I've been playing fantasy for probably like eight years, um yeah I'm bad yikes yeah uh so she asked do you want to do the case now or later um and Monk decides to not talk about it he just wants to relax um because yeah. he doesn't want to talk about the case but Natalie stumbles upon a, a collage of sorts uh, you call it a collage I'd call it a shrine um. You know, uh, she's got, she's had, as we know, she has an unhealthy obsession with the man. There's some dioramas. She starts doing a little play act of like a Whoa, scene where basically. Well, we forget that this is a case. It's called, uh, this is the case, Mr. Monk and the Three Pies. Oh, this is yeah. my favorite, so getting, thing, this my getting, favorite was, thing about the episode. No, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, no, I was getting to that. Don't worry. Um, okay. But yeah, so she, she starts shouting out basically some of the episode titles and uh, in some weird way, I mean, I, it's probably not the most accurate representation of it, but we're breaking the fucking fourth wall, baby. I love it. It's, it I love this decision so much. It's one of those clever, like, tight things. I just love it. Because it, it yeah. basically implies that the show is being, like, Written told by, by Marcy Maven, which I'm, I love. Um, yes. Yeah, and then she acts out a scene, quote-unquote, from the, her imagination of Mr. Monk and Three Pies. She has a doll of Monk and a doll of herself and a doll of Natalie. Was Natalie around for the Three Pies? Yes. Uh, okay. Yes, she was. But it was early on, though. Yes. It was It was season four, episode two, I believe, which would be... Um, actually, no. It was... no. Anyway, it was one of Natalie's first episodes. But... Um, uh, oh, wait, no. Natalie wasn't around for it. That was Sharona. I'm thinking Mr. Monk yeah, goes back on. Yeah, so Natalie wasn't around for that. But more importantly, Natalie is also not really in this diorama. Because what is the doll that represents her? Uh, they took a character from Trolls World Tour. She's a troll doll. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and then and as Marcy's play acting, the scene between her and Monk gets sexual very quickly. Yeah, you know, uh, well, are you talking about the song? Well, no, like, they get really close together, and it's like, I don't know if I can live without you. Oh, yeah, they start, like, making, like, she's basically making, like, kissy, yeah. like, yeah. little faces or whatever. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, it doesn't actually get sexual, but it's, I mean, we yeah. know where it's going. We, we know where yeah. it goes when Monk's not around. Correct. And then the song. Yeah, the song goes, not a great song. Do like that uh, she shouts out my my guy, F. Murray Abraham, mm-hmm. uh, my... Uh, Salieri, as I know him. Mm-hmm. F. Murray Abraham, high-ranking seed on famous person that, like, is kind of shocking, isn't British. Um, True. Like, the fact what that he's he, American. No, he's American. He's from, I oh, mean, okay. I'm not, I'm not, ethnically, he's, I think, like, part uh, English and part, like, Middle Eastern or some kind. But my point being that, like, he just feels too classy to be American. You know what I mean? Yeah, but oddly enough, uh, I think he would have been a great choice for Monk. Had not, ba- not done it. That's actually not. Honestly. It's not untrue. I think he would have been pretty good. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, af- because Monks doesn't like the song, he's like, let's talk about the case. Um, yeah. 
And so Marcy explains her dog Otto died on a Monday, and three days later, her neighbor Debbie was mauled, and the cops say that Otto did it. Yeah, you know it's funny when she's they did all this like uh like died on Monday. All it made me think about was the accountant, the Solomon Grundy rhyme. Also, this is how you and I, this is why the podcast works with us. Because the Solomon Grundy rhyme of that on a Monday, da 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 da, is just a nursery rhyme. But, but no one's ever exa- heard of it except for that. Well, no, no, no. That's not true. You for, and I have us, only heard us, of it. Yeah, <laughs> in, yeah, yeah. In, you, because I, I had the same thought, and I'm like, that's like the Solomon Grundy rhyme in the film The Accountant, which I think I said before. A good, it's a good six out of ten. It's not. I had, I've had a. I like it. Movie. I like it. I think I gave it like a three and a half on Letterbox. So I, yeah, it's a it's, seven. For I me. think I might have given it a three out on Letterbox. Um, uh, but anyway, um, so Otto died on Monday, and, and three days later, yeah, the, and they dug the, his body up, and his bite mark matched the woman. Yeah, which at this point has me thinking: How um, did the guy kill his wife with a dead dog? We'll see. So I just want to make sure, I want to make a note. My cousin Chris, who's a fa- big fan of the pod, was texting me uh, yesterday about uh, Mr. Monk goes to the hospital and how we finished season five. And he said, I'm excited for you guys to do the next episode because I solved this one 10 minutes in. And so I believe this is where Chris solved it. So shout out to Chris. Um, good, good on him. I mean, I was like, I knew that first. I knew obviously that it wasn't the fucking dog, but yeah. I didn't know how. So yeah. Shout out to so shouts to Chris. Uh, I think he actually does something with like research science now. So that might be Chris. I'm so sorry. I don't know what you do exactly. I know you're in a lab in I think the Bronx now. Wait, hold hold on a second. So I'm sorry. I, I just have to ask. Mm-hmm. Is he Chris Christie? He's not Chris Christie. No, he's my cousin. Chris oh, Christie. thank no. God! I don't think I don't know if he wants to get doxxed, so I'm not gonna say his last name. But yeah, yeah, don't my, say his last he's, name. That's he's all we my, need to know. He's my, my my dad's sister, so it's uh, my uncle's last okay. name. Yeah, good, good for him. It's not Chris Christie. Uh, that's thank a good God. question. Um, yeah, I mean, the thing is, since I've known him for longer than I knew who Chris Christie was, I really never thought about that. Um, yeah, uh, but anyway, uh, now I was like, "What are you sure he was dead?" And Marcy's like, "What do you think? I'm some." Dumb bimbo. She doesn't actually say that, but that's the subtext. Yes, I, 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 it's, it's not good. Probably that I think it's very funny to watch them go against each other because there's not a great history of pop, of pop culture with women being pit against each other. But I love their interplay. It's my favorite part of the episode, probably. Yeah, for sure. Because I mean, they're trying to get this whole thing. Well, we'll get to it later. But basically, there's like some weird competition going on between the two of them. And obviously, we know that one person is more well adjusted than the other. So, and we've been with her for longest, mm-hmm. so we're on her team. But at the same time. They have some part of the episode that leads us to like kind of be like, "Yo, Natalie, like chill out." It's funny. I actually don't feel that way. I actually never I do. thought that. I, I never do. thought that. <laughs> I do. I think she was a little too harsh. That's. I think. I think that's fair at the moment that she leaves. But up until then, I'm on her side. Yeah. Fine. Anyway. Um. So. Uh. Okay. I'll say this. I think I know what it is. I think I know why. I think it's just because it's nice to see someone that's just a fan of Monk mm-hmm. through all of his insecurities and never like would yeah. question it or like say a bad thing about it. That's what it is. That's why. That's true. I think that I think that I said Natalie because I feel like it's. I feel like it's nice for that to for Monk to have that. But if I'm Natalie, I'm mad that Monk is allowing a person to step all over me in order to get that. That, like, he cares so little about me that he's willing. I guess that's the thing where it's just like, yeah, it's cool. She likes you for who you are, but she's treating me like shit, and I thought you cared about me. Anyway. Sure. Um, so we then cut to the station, and Randy's giving a tour to this little kid. And we learned that this kid 
doesn't want to be a cop anymore. Yeah, he hasn't wanted to be a cop since uh, he was nine years old. Uh, but how old is he now? He's nine and a half, which just shows you how easily, uh, you know, children change their mind about things. Which uh, maybe I and I, I, I was a precocious kid, which, as I've said many, many times on many podcasts, means uh, annoying. But I feel like by the time I was nine, I was done doing the and a half bullshit. I feel like that's like a thing that like six year olds do. But maybe I'm wrong. True, but also he provides great <laughs> two yeah. great reasons why he doesn't Sam want to be a cop anymore. A- Sam was on the ACAB tip long before this last summer, you know. Yeah, he says basically he doesn't want to be a cop anymore because they're all brokies and everyone fucking hates them. Which you know, mm-hmm. fair. True. Now it depends though. I've heard there are some places if you're you're not broke though, you know. Uh, you know, I heard Long Island police officers make 100k in the first year. That's just something I heard. Are on you John joking? Gabe. I don't know if that's actually true, but that's something that I heard on John Gabris's podcast, and he talks about Long Island a lot. So, you know, it's probably true. Okay. Suffolk County right. police officers. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, <laughs> the world's fucked. Um, so, yeah, fair. Um, so Brandy goes to get some games for them to play, and they pull out Timber because I guess J- I don't know why the hell Jenga just wouldn't license this. That's kind of stupid. Yeah, you know, I wasn't sure of what the name was. I, I, I must have missed that. But, uh, yeah, you know, uh, but as we, as I figured out in the end, this is for a reason. Yes. And so Stavire's on the phone at this time with Natalie and what he's looking at the report. And um, he's like, the, the, uh, the bite marks match 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. And he, he starts to speculate that maybe – um, because Otto was like such a bad dog, or he had been mm. reported twice to animal control, mm. that if this were like a third accusation and something were to have happened, then she would be on the hook for manslaughter. So she has yes. any good reason to make up. Uh, mm-hmm. she, he suggests that he that she might have killed the dog mm-hmm. after it happened exactly. to cover her tracks. Yeah, exactly. And I think I th- was thinking about it is when they exhumed the dog's body, wouldn't they be able to tell that it died? Time several of days yeah, time ago? of death. Yeah. 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 Um, and as this phone call's happening, Marcy's doing a little photo shoot with Monk, uh, in her digital camera. It's, you know, good fun. Good for this pitch for the website. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, we see, um, some playing some more timber. Um, and this is when Stock comes out and says, uh, that if Randy needs him, he will be at the Four Seasons. Right. He's going to be at the Four Seasons. He's going to be blowing, uh, blowing her back out. At mm-hmm. the Four Seasons, mm-hmm. um, exactly, and he he throws off the the sports coat or the you know the jacket to his suit and throws on the leather jacket, so you know it's going down tonight, it's, baby. It, it it's business time, man. You know, or it uh, should be going down tonight. Yeah, and so then we cut back to Marcy. He's like, they think I killed Otto. I don't kill things I love, and I love what Natalie says. That's reassuring. <laughs> I mean, it should be. Uh, yeah, and um. Marcy's like, you do it all the time where the cops say one thing and you, like, Mr. Monk and the astronaut or Mr. Monk goes back to school. And I just love it. It's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, and Monk's just like, why why are you doing this? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Or he might have done that later, but basically he thinks it's so ludicrous that she's referring it to as, yeah. as these titles. And uh, he's like, maybe it was a frame-up. And they and like, they framed a dog? Yeah, like in Mr. Monk in the panic room. <laughs> and I love Monk goes, Where they try to frame a monkey. Yeah, like, yeah. I love how Monk goes, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? And so Natalie kind of just, you know, she's still on her shit right now. Um and, you know, they decide – I don't think I'm missing anything else. They decide to go investigate the scene now? Correct. Yeah, they go break into the neighbor's backyard. 
Yeah, an illegal search. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, yeah they're, they're breaking and entering. They're, well, they're trespassing. Um, Correct. And Marcy's like, uh, you know, you have the best job in the world, um, which uh, is, you know, I don't know if that's true, but uh, it's fine. No, she's not getting paid on time all the time. No, we she's not that. getting paid on. She probably doesn't get all benefits. She probably doesn't get dental. Um, she yeah. expenses a bunch of shit and uh, never gets paid back, so. Yeah, it's really, I mean, it's not great. I mean, it's ex- it's not the worst job in the world. Like, it's probably better than the job I have now. Uh, not that my job's bad, but it's it's better than the job you have now, probably. Um, you know, uh, but it's not. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Sorry, yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah. Uh, and so they get into the shed where the body was found. And Monk is, of course, rearranging some tools. Um, but speaking of tools, uh, what does he, th- what does he realize? Well, you know, if uh, if she was in that shed and there's, like, a ton of, like, garden shears and all kinds of sharp tools, like, why would she not use one of those to defend herself? Mm. It's clearly implying that she was killed when she wasn't, like, that the way that it happened isn't what happened. Yes. Um, and so he, like, keeps looking around the area. And whoa, 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 like, you're sh- forgetting an important part. That ge- causes a clue hug. Oh, right. The first clue hug. I didn't think it was going to be a recurring bit at the time, so I didn't mm. write it down. Yes, and then he also notices, continue. Yeah, he also notices uh, there's a shovel in the corner of the room, and on that shovel is a tulip. But there's no tulips in their yard, so where the fuck did it come from? That's a very good question. Um, and uh, and then your close personal friend, John Ringle, shows up. Yeah, we and, went to uh, many Giants games. Well, I mean, we, we basically, we own those seats at AT&T Park, man. Like, that's just, you know. I don't seen, think that's what it's called now. Whatever we, I mean, we've seen everyone there. Though we started with the Bonds years, and then we had Buster Posey, Brandon Crawford, Pablo Sandoval, Brandon Belt. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm just naming giants. Uh, I don't know why and, and 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 your and your old your old friend Aubrey Huff. Let's not forget. Oh him. yeah, Aubrey Huff. I mean, whose election predictions are always correct. Um, sure. And uh, anyway, he, John is understandably mad at Marcy. Like, why can't you leave me alone? And not uh, as mad as he should be. No, of course. Be, I mean, he's not as mad as he should be because he. He murdered his wife, and like the if he if she actually if her dog actually killed his wife, he would be more mad, right? Yeah, and so you know they he threatens to like call the cops or whatever, or does he? No, he doesn't do it at this point. Never mind. Yeah, but they ask him, "Did you see Marzi's dog that day?" And he's like, "You know, I uh, I don't know, but he, they, apparently he dug a hole under the fence, and you can see the hole." Um, yeah, and. Um, Marcy then just starts talking mad shit too much. She's just running her mouth. Yeah, she basically implies that he killed his wife and that Adrian Monk catches criminals, so his time is short-lived. It's going to be short-lived mm-hmm. as an innocent man. Exactly. And so Monk apologizes many times. Um, and then as he's walking back, he looks in the neighbor's yard and he spots another clue. He spots a bunch of tulips. Well, full first he notices with the dirt, that right. if the dog dug from the neighbor's yard into John's yard, the dirt would be piled up in the neighbor's yard because dogs Correct. dig backwards, but the dirt's on the other side. And then he notices tulips. Right. So this starts to get his him thinking that there's a chance she's not crazy or wrong. And well, no, it's, then, no uh, it's, it's possible she's not crazy. Dot, dot, dot. She's crazy, but she might not be wrong. Right. Which leads to another clue hug. And, uh, you know, that's wholesome. I love the line Natalie says, just take it like a man. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. And so they get back inside, and I need a wipe. I need a wipe. 
but Natalie doesn't have the wipe he needs because mm-hmm. uh, Marcy shows up with monogrammed wipes, which mm-hmm. apparently makes them better in some capacity. I mean, I see, I see the appeal. Um, yes, and uh, Marcy that just means one more person had their hands, unless she did it herself. That is true. Yes, uh, but what she's like, you know, Natalie. I mean, she's ruining everything. Like, do you really even need her around? And she points out that she's known. That Marcy has known Monk for longer than Natalie has. Which is true. But Natalie replies that there is a difference between stalking and knowing. Also true. Um, so then we get into like a line of questioning basically where it's revealed that two weeks ago, Otto had gone missing. Mm-hmm. Well, first, um, and... this is actually important too, even though they're not talking okay. about it directly, that he died of a sudden kidney failure. Anyway. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, but, like, two weeks ago, he went missing, and Marcy was freaking out, putting up signs and shit, but all of a sudden, at 6 p.m. that same day, he came back home, but he was covered in wood chips, mm-hmm. um, which, where the hell would he get that from? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so, uh, I love this bit, too, where Natalie's like, do you still have the brush? And Marcy mockingly's like, oh, do I still have the brush? Like, why are you at that same question? And then Monk's like, no, but do you still have the brush? And she's like, oh, yes, I'll get it. As well, yeah, like, because Natalie said it has to be dumb. Right. And so they get to the brush, and mm-hmm. there's some teak and some mahogany wood chips. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't know that, so they, they, you know, they deduced that it must be from a lumberyard somewhere. Um, did not know that they carried teak trees at lumberyards, but I guess I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I don't know the first thing about any, I know the names of trees, but I couldn't tell you what trees are good for what things. Um, well, I know that teak is good for like uh, moisture. It's good for like outdoor furniture because it, it doesn't, um, mm. it, it doesn't retain water. It's, it's pretty water resistant. Mm. Yes, that shouts to my current job for telling me that. Yes, shouts to Teak. Um, uh, it, it, it teaks my interest. Um, and so they show up at nice. a lumber yard, and we learn later that this is the fourth one they've gone to. But Marcy wipes down the counter, and she lays out some ground rules. Uh, you're gonna have to go through this. I, I don't. I didn't write them down, but they're like, no shaking hands, no coughing, fix your right sleeve, etc. Like she basically is just like making and then like answer Monk's questions, and Monk only has one question: Have you seen this dog? And no, that dog has not been seen at that particular lumberyard. Mm-hmm. And, and then so we cut to them yeah. outside, right? Yeah. Well, no, she's like, if you ever need an assist, because actually I don't think they cut to it. I think that's actually just one shot. But so if you ever need an assistant, uh, it's like, I have Natalie. And then she offers that to work for free. Yeah, no, it does cut to a different shot because they're walking out of the lumberyard at this point. Oh, right, 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 sorry. So Marcy offers to work for free and Natalie gets kind of pissed off about it because actually Monk is considering it, you know? At, at the end of the day, we know he's a frugal guy mm-hmm. and uh, and Natalie is, you know, upset for a good I do reason, love the like, way obviously. that Monk says, do you want to make a counteroffer? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And she counteroffers by saying what again? Uh, something along the lines of I'm not crazy. Um, right. Oh, and, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. And... Natalie's like, you know, you're not flustered by her. You're flattered. You're only human. And then Monk says, there's no reason to insult, to throw out insults. Um, <laughs> right. But Natalie and decides so it, she's going home. Yeah. She calls a cab and she basically quits for the day and says, hey, you know what? Call me in the morning. Let me know how it goes. Yeah, because she wants him to know what it's like to deal with someone who's crazy. Um, right. And Marcy immediately snaps into being insistent and says, it's for the best, boss. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? To uh, to 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 monks, yeah, it makes sense. Like monk, 
you know, you're calling him crazy. You're calling your boss crazy. How do you think that's going to go? Mm-hmm. That's true. Monk is crazy. You're taking, the, you're taking the day off. Yeah. Yeah. And so we cut to Stalmeyer dinner, and uh, his girlfriend's mad at him for putting his job over her, you know? Um, He's a it's fucking a cl- captain in the SFPD in, like, the most murderous time for this whole city. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the guy's got to work. Exactly. I mean, I, I don't have it pulled up, and I'm not going to pull it up, but insert Al Pacino's monologue about uh, why he's not home during heat. Um, sorry. Uh, you are going to say she's got a great ass No, or it's the one where it's just like, you know, that got a dead body over in this and this, and, a, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm sorry that the chicken got overcooked. I think it's the line. Um, Damn, I need to watch Heat again. Oh, basically. Great movie. It's three hours of just perfect. It's not, oh, yeah. it's not perfect. That, that's like, the reason why it's good is because it's certainly not perfect. There's like six storylines that don't need to be in there. Um, but anyway, the fo- his phone starts ringing. And you know what he does? He throws it in the briefcase. And he locks it. Which feels like overkill, but still. Then we cut back yeah. to uh, Randy. And he's this t- at this point playing Timber by himself. Yeah. What I don't understand is what the hell is the whole point of him getting interrupted by some dude named Kramer? I mean, that's, you can ask that question about all of Seinfeld, but um, Fair. I don't know. I think just, yeah. just to show that he cares more about playing Timber than he does his job. Okay, okay, okay. That and so sense. they show up at a lumber, another lumberyard, Marcy and Monk, and no one answers, but they look back, and whose photo do they see on the wall? They see your close personal friend. Uh, John Ringle. Apparently he owns a lumberyard and Marcy forgot to mention it. Yeah. Yeah, just, just a big, a, a big oversight. Um. Yeah. And she feels bad about it, so she needs a hug. Um, and, uh, John shows up and Marcy has no chill and it's like, you killed, kidnapped my dog two weeks ago. And then he's like, I'm going to call a, little, a lawyer and then the cops. Um. And uh, so they're about to leave, but Monk notices something. Yeah, he notices uh, what? He notices the chew marks, the bite uh-huh. marks on the on the chair. Uh-huh. Um, and that kind of leads to him checking out the general area, and he finds uh, a patch of auto, what appears to be Otto's hair as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. And this makes Marcy ask, what do you want to call this case? Um, I believe one of the is uh, Mr. Monk and Marcy, the adventure begins. Um and then we also which, also, doesn't, which doesn't end up being the episode title. No, 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 because the adventure doesn't begin. She moves on. Um, Correct. But then he also notices some spackling paste, which says, do not ingest. Because um, that's obviously Otto ingested some of it. Correct. Sad stuff. And uh, so, that, so that gets, uh, it gets the, here's what happened. And, and I love uh, how you know, she Mark- says, say here's what happened. Yeah, because she's a viewer just like us. Mm-hmm. And, and so we get to it, basically, and it's just that, uh, you know, uh, John used the plaster mold, that, that pla- whatever it is, uh, mm-hmm. to get Otto's teeth marks and then to frame him. So he deduce, or they figure out that basically he did kidnap Otto that one day that he went missing until 6 p.m., uh, somehow knocked him out and took the mold of his teeth. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, you know, he brought the dog back and that's what he uses the murder weapon. Mm-hmm. That's yep. it, pretty much. And uh, it was a perfect crime, except for one thing, that Otto died. Yeah, now, he waited way I, too long. I don't feel sympathy for murderers in the show, but man, that's a big, that's a, an L. That's a huge L he took. Like, man. 
I mean, who would have expected that? Uh, you know, he had a pretty good thing set up. I mean, eventually Stott comes across a different clue, but I don't know, like, if he would have ever, like, broached the topic, if mm-hmm. the case would have been closed. Who knows? Exactly. And so, of course, who ends up being uh, there with a gun? But uh, John and Monk doesn't have a gun, even though he did in Mr. Monk and the Dragon's Lair. Correct. And uh, he holds him at gunpoint, and Monk uses some of his genius, uh, some of his ingenuity, and knocks some nails into his face or something. Some sort of, screws, like, screws or nails or some yeah. shit. And, you know, they get away for a second, and they're managed to hide out in this little, mm-hmm. like, lumberyard warehouse kind of deal. And we cut back to Stott and Linda, and they're eating a strawberry very sensually. And yep. Stamar gets transfixed by the bite marks. Yeah, he uh, he finds the he thinks about the bite marks and he kind of like revisits it in his head and he realizes that like the bite marks for whatever reason were upside down, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, on the uh, on the body in every place. Yes, correct. And that's a huge, time, also a huge unforced error by John. She was unconscious. He could have taken the time to think about how it would actually look. Like just a correct. big, it, just a rookie mistake. Yeah, uh, but the whole time I forgot what her name is. What's her name? Linda Fusco. Linda Fusco. Fusco, yeah, she's you know she's putting a sour face on a look on her face. You know she's very non-understanding. So I can already see the writings on the wall for this character. Yeah, I mean, you have to understand. Yes, someone was murdered, and there's a, a murderer on the loose. But you have to understand, she needs she's horny and she needs to get it in. So that's more important, apparently. You know, and correct. She's horny, but like she's at the four seasons, she could wait up for him to come back after. A, a, exactly, and also she's a powerful realtor. Like, I mean, she can. There's, I guarantee, she could go to the lobby and get like six, you know, lonely guys. Like, it's, she's she's fine. Um, yes. And so he's got to make a phone call, and Stammer calls Natalie, uh, and of course Natalie is not with Bunk, and so no. Then they call. Uh, he calls Randy, and where do they got to go? What's the address? They gotta go to 420 Vinton Street, the most poppin' street in fucking San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, Randy's playing uh, Timber again. Yep. And so, yeah, they're, Monk and Marcy are hiding, and Marcy had been shot, and she didn't realize. She what? She'd been shot. She got shot? I she didn't got grazed. Man, you gotta. You I did not fucking see that, dude. And, like, and they don't even they don't even play up to it after. Well, the it's because she got it was just grazed barely, and that's when she says, uh, "This isn't fun anymore." Pause. She thinks it's a game. This is okay. What we I heard the pause a, part. A break from reality. Um, she's just she's a little unwell. Uh, yeah, she's Rob trying to. Thomas she's trying Xbox, to. She, Tony would say. Yeah, she's trying to Zach Morris it and call a little timeout. Mm-hmm. on this whole situation and it doesn't work and she ends up getting taken hostage and you yeah. know monk is he he's not like the biggest fan of marcy but at the same time he's not gonna let her die for this so but she does say out. i don't even like him anymore right um, yeah. yeah she's over it and so natalie stama and disher show up and uh they're look it's a big lumber yard apparently um mm-hmm. and you know they're gonna go to marcy's car john says hope got big tech gas we got a long trip ahead um, and, uh, he, they ran out of the corner and Stoudemire and Disher are there and, uh, John tries to shoot at Stoudemire, but who was there to save the day, pushing a cart, knocking him over, one Natalie yeah. Teeger. Correct. I mean. Yeah, she, she knocks it over and, you know, it, it takes, it basically gets Monk and Marcy out of harm's way. So they, they run off, they scurry off, mm-hmm. but nonetheless, 
The man still has a gun, and he's still stalking, I guess, Stottlemyre and Disher. Yeah. But Disher, you know, he's he learned he's, a lot. There's a, there's a big pile of pieces of wood in between them, and he thinks back yeah. to his game playing timber, and he pulls out a piece of wood around head level and pushes it and knocks him out. Honestly, the rare, a huge W for Disher. Just like a big, like, have you, yeah. seen, have you seen those memes of... Uh, Man, I I just need to stop to appreciate this huge dub, boss man. Yes, of course. Yes. So I'm just gonna say this. Um, I had to stop this zoom just to appreciate this dub, boss man. That's what I said, Randy. Well, I just took the major L because I literally wanted to do. I wanted to just say it's going down. Oh, sorry. I'm yelling In timber. timber. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fuck. Shouts to um, Pitbull and Kesha. Pitbull, Kesha, Florida Zone, Mr. Worldwide, um, Free Britney. I I. I that's the thing. People, I one of my favorite uh, Pitbull stories is that it's not even a story. Just I remember I am a big uh, Donner's Drive-ins and Dives guy. I love Guy Fieri. And there's a bit where he's at a restaurant in Miami and he has like he's like talking about it. And he, there's a bunch of kids who are eating there like around twelve. And it's like, you know, this is my these are kids at this this and this program run by a friend Armando. You know him best as Pitbull. It's like, dude, I just. I Do this, not call him Armando. Just call him Pitbull, No, no, no. Baby. I have this theory about Guy Fieri, though. Is that Guy Fieri is the celebrity where the, it has the longest list of celebrities that you could tell me he was friends with that I wouldn't be surprised. Correct. There's really... Because in, like, the super, like, old conservative rock star territory... Like, I've seen... I've seen him, like, try restaurants with, like, Sammy Hagar or, like, Vanilla Ice. But also, if you're, like, he's good friends with, like, John Legend, I'd be, like, absolutely sure. You know? Like, it's anyone. I want to see him be friends with, like, Lil Uzi Vert or something. Honestly, I think they'd get along. Because the thing, the thing about people like Guy Fieri is, if I can go on a tangent, is that people like that can, even though he's a very specific type of person, he can get along with anyone. Because getting along with someone else is, has less to do with whether you're like them or more if you're completely comfortable being yourself. Like, he doesn't have to impress Lil Uzi Vert by trying to be cool. You know what I mean? He's just like, he has friggin' f- uh, frosted tips. Like, he doesn't give a shit. No, the man that. just lives out of bounds. I mean, dude, that's gangster, man. Like, I fucking love that. Yeah. I we we me and my brothers talk because you know they watch Triple D every Friday for like at least three hours. Um, all of them are like this the specific tiers of what the best things he could say are they, like righteous is like pretty good. Out of bounds is probably the top. Like, if he says something is out of bounds, um, yeah. Shouts to the guy. Redonkulous. Redonkulous. I don't think that that's actually not that good. Um, the worst is if he, if, the thing is, you can tell if Guy Fieri doesn't really like something, if his instinct is just to start naming the ingredients in it. It's like, yes. Like, I picked up on that. Yeah. That, or if he mentions more than once how big the portion is. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, shouts to Guy Fieri. Uh, anyway, big fan. Um, yes. And so, uh, yeah, they knock him out. And um, we then. Uh, Cut to Monk opening up a package, and uh, it's a note from Marcy uh, saying sorry and sending all the stuff back. Because how could he ever explain? How could she ever explain it to F. Murray Abraham? Correct. Yeah, she just regifted him all of his old shit and includes the two dolls so that Monk can recreate uh, 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 an imaginative sex scene between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And then Natalie starts impersonating Marcy like. Which I enjoy, and chasing him around, saying "Clue Hook, Clue Hook." He's like, "I know it's you." Um, yeah. 
So I'll ask you an important question because I know it's you on this other side of the Zoom call. What do you give this episode out of 10? Uh, I thought it was a strong start, so I gave it an 8 out of 10. I gave it an 8 as well. It was close to an 8.5, but I'm giving it an 8. Yeah, same. Uh, I like this episode. I think there's a lot of fun stuff in it. Like, the the naming thing is, I think, great. Like, I think it's just, yeah. like, a really genuinely inventive TV thing that I had seen before. And while I love Monk a lot, I think that in a lot of ways, the thing, the way that Monk differs from other shows I love is that, and I mean this with no disrespect, it doesn't in, reinvent Anything really? I think it's, there's not a lot of things that are the first thing I've ever seen on TV, and that was the first time I ever really saw that. As um, I mean, honestly, I love TV shows that have gimmicks with how they get their names. I know we've talked about this. It's just my favorite yes. thing in the world. Um, my, specifically, my favorite type of thing is when it's a thing, a line that's said in the episode. Um, that's uh, that always makes me happy because then you're like, especially when it's like a long episode title, like. But like all the Ernst Orkin shows do that, and if it's like a three-word title, you're like, hell yeah! At some point, someone's saying the phrase "Bad Moon Rising," awesome. Um, yeah, I like gimmicks too. Uh, yeah, and speaking of gimmicks, this is the part of the show where we plug Twitter accounts. So follow the show at Strictly Monkin. Where can people where can people follow you? Uh, you can call me. Uh, you can call me. You can, uh, you can We can call at, you Andre. Yeah, you can call me. Uh, so, God damn, you can. Follow me at Andre Barrera. Good lord. And you can follow me at the J. Christie. Uh, rate, subscribe, share the show with the biggest monk fan in your life. And I'm so I'm I've been waiting to say these words for so long because this next episode is very important to me. I think it's very important to anyone who's ever watched television once in their entire life. Oh, I fuck. think about this episode truly. I truly think about this episode once a week. There's specifically a couple phrases and I think all the time. I think about I, I tune in. Next week, as we talk about Mr. Monk and the rapper. You thought we were going to be funky, but instead we're just getting monkey. <laughs>